Chernobyl will not survive. Hello, welcome to a, a new episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast. My name is Anders Holmes, and joining me across the table, not over Zoom or over Skype, is my older brother, Adam Holmes, who is here in Denmark on summer vacation. Hello there. Hello there. It's good to be here. Come good. here, my little friend. No, I don't need to come. I'm, I'm don't be afraid. I'm practically on top of you. Um, it's good to be in uh, the same room, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's an unusual sensation, given that normally we had we do this virtually. And uh, the great thing about being together is we can uh, hoist a hoist a beer here yeah. while we uh, while we do it. Yeah, from the moon. Uh, brewery yes not a podcast sponsor but if they want to be uh get in touch folks from the moon brewery um anyway uh how are you i'm good uh it's nice to have sun and a little bit of heat and it's nice yeah yes it is nice to have sun and heat it is also heat uh, heat uh it is um that is that is very much uh what the summer uh is is, is all about um but um but yes that's that's all you really have to say on the subject yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. great. Um, so, uh, what are we? Well, we're just catching up, aren't we? We, we, we yeah. thought about doing a top ten, but it's like you know, it's a lot of effort. You've got to post about it. No one ever replies. We don't have any ideas, and you know, we haven't just had a chance to talk about movies for a while, have we? No. Yeah. So this is going to be a little bit of a summer catch-up slash review of it's a midsummer midsummer uh, celebration. Yes. Um, yeah. Review of the year so far. Yeah. And. Um, and also uh, what we've been up to. What we've been up to and a little brief tribute to an actor that's just passed away. James Khan. James Khan. Who just Not, passed away. Uh, uh, the former Prime Minister of Japan, of course, who no. also has just passed away under slightly different circumstances. But um, yeah, James Khan, um, he's good, isn't he? I mean, I mean, I haven't seen that many of his films. I've never seen Misery and I've never seen Thief. 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 Uh, but I have seen... I also have never seen Mickey Blue Eyes. Uh, but I... I've never, I've never seen Mickey Blue Eyes. I don't think, I don't think Mickey Blue Eyes is a good movie. That was a joke. Uh, um, yeah, it was also the film that kind of set the mafia gangster genre back a few years. That was why they wanted to do another mafia movie, which they make a reference to in the Sopranos season two episode. Really? Yeah, it's like you know, remember that episode in the Sopranos where I, just, um, I don't have that kind of memory. Okay, it's it's the episode D girl where Christopher's trying. Oh, yeah, where Christopher the one tries with with Lauren McCall. No, no, that's season six. Oh. That's different. Oh. oh no, okay. this one is a... Um, this is when he's he's uh, trying to get his script made with by John Favreau, who is only interested in hearing, like, stories about him, about his, like, mafia stories that, they, that he can use in his movie. Okay. Which then pisses him off, and then he kind of decides to be with Tony when, he's, when he gives him an ultimatum, when he says, like, I'm going to go back to my guests, and ten minutes from now I'm going to look up, and you're either going to be here with me or out there doing, doing whatever it is you want to do. Hmm. Wow, I don't remember that at all, but that sounds amazing. Um, so yeah. that's Mickey Blue Eyes. So back to James Kahn. Yeah, um, who was in The Godfather? He was in The Godfather. Uh, he. Bada beep, bada boop. Uh, he is. Um, he's brilliant in The Godfather. He's uh, very good in. Um, uh, you know, Sonny Corleone. He kind of. You know his his person. You know his 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 physicality, his personality, his his presence in the film is 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 really important for the first you know, the first act of the Godfather saga. Yeah. Um, funny enough, the first film I ever saw him in was Howard Hawks's uh, El Dorado. Yeah, where he, played, John Wayne. where he played Mississippi. Yeah. Managed to hold his own against the Duke himself. And Robert Mitchum, of course. Yeah. But he's um, but he's the only guy, he's the only real, like, he's... I mean, everyone, I mean, John Wayne is like, every time he does something, he's got some bullet that makes him go like, oh, ah, and then Robert Mitchum is basically playing the Dean Martin character. And, you know, James Cannon kicks, kicks some ass in that film. He does. Um, Let me hear you laugh. <laughs> Sorry, I just love that moment in Robin when Robin. Well, I think I mean El Dorado is a terrific film. Just you know, f- yeah, I'll tell you that for free. Any listeners who think that uh, uh, you know a, a remake of Rio Bravo isn't worth your time, it very much is. Um, anyway, yeah, he's a big loss for sure. Um, and um, one of my favorite films of his is actually Misery. And I think I've, I've always been too scared to watch that. It it was the first Stephen King book I ever read, and. Um, William Goldman wrote the screenplay for it and he, had, and he adapted the, the book very well and, um, you know, follows the storyline pretty closely. Like, there's a lot of scenes in the book that are just exactly how I imagined them in the, in the, in, 
you know, in the, the, the scenes. Well, I mean, this is this is quite significant because obviously Stephen King is famous for not liking a lot of his uh, yeah, he's not, films he's, that have he's, been adapted from his work. Yeah, he's he's um, also he's met a lot of people like Kathy Bates in the film, so there's a lot of inspiration f- for that. And because um, a lot of people who are like, I'm your number one fan, are very scary, but like. I think William Goldman does. Oh, I thought you were saying like he, he, that that Kathy Bates is better because she'd met Stephen King. You're saying he's met those a lot, kind of creepy yes. fans. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's oh, met. No, like, I can imagine he has. Okay. He has, and, and there's. I think William Goldman does a great job in adapting the book. I think there's a lot of scenes in the book that are exactly how I so how I would see them in the film, and um, it, it's a very difficult performance that James Khan has to do because most of the film he's either lying down in a wheelchair or crawling on the floor, and he does. A very good job. I mean, Kathy Bates, of course, went away with the Oscar. Yeah, she sort of, but yeah. she, he is, he's very good in the film. And would you the, say it's his best role? One of his best roles. I'd say Why the other. You have to pick one. I'd say his best role might be Thief, the Michael Mann movie. That's what a lot of people say. I think he liked that one a lot. I think he was a. He's there's a very there's a great scene in the film which takes place in a diner where he's he's um he's basically a, a safe cracker who's trying to go straight and he's. He wants to be in a relationship with Tuesday Weld's character, and it's Tuesday in the, Weld. It's in this scene where he's trying to. He basically confesses his whole life and what he does to her, and it's a very moving scene. What and do you mean he confesses what he does to her? What he, he <laughs> sorry, he, oh, what he does to her, <laughs> not what, what he does to her. No, what, not what he does to her. What he does. Yeah, he as conf- a profession, he confesses, he confesses his identity as a thief. Um, yeah, and basically. Um, it's a really moving scene and it's very well acted and yeah I can see the inspiration for something like like I, I, I could I could see that Drive was very inspired by it because it's a very cool and Tangerine Dream does the music oh for my it. gosh I need to watch this that sounds right up my alley yeah well um, I mean I can never forget him in The Godfather so yeah. and he is also very good in um, Christopher McQuarrie's directorial debut The Way of the Gun which hmm. um is kind of a cult movie. It wasn't really... Po- I mean, yeah, I mean, he... It was his first movie that he did after winning the Oscar for The Usual Suspects, and it was his first directorial mu- movie, and he didn't direct anything else until 2012, the Jack Reacher film. and Which is shite. But, you know, the Mission Impossible films that he's been doing are pretty good, too. That, I will give you that. Those are very good. Um, cool. Well, James Caan, here's to you, man. Here's to you. And, um, you know, he's he's one of the greats. Hmm. Uh, uh, as you gather from our intro, uh, we've both watched the Obi Wan Kenobi um, yes uh, thing, and um, I mean, what's yeah? Without turning it in, turning the whole episode into a discussion of Obi Wan Kenobi, what did you think? I liked it. Same. I liked it a lot. I thought it was. I uh, liked it quite a lot. I did. Yeah. I, it I was, was good. It wasn't great. It was just good Star Wars content. Yeah, I feel like. It was exactly what I expected an Obi-Wan Kenobi show to be. Yes. I feel like if it was a movie, I think it would have been fine. I would have enjoyed it as, as much as just just the same as I would have enjoyed it as a TV show. I also agree with that. I, did, I mean, it, originally it was, I mean, one of the, the original screenwriters on the project, Stuart Beatty, who wrote the screenplay for the movie um, Collateral, which is also another great Michael Mann movie. Um, he originally said that his idea for Kenobi was supposed to be a trilogy. But then Well, that's what, like a like a like a film trilogy. Prequels but post pre sequels to the prequels, but prequels to the sequels, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. So but that then feels like that, that feels that, like overkill. That, that feels a bit like overkill. I, I think you could have done one film. Two hours. Two and a half hours maybe. Yeah. Um and and it, and it would have been fine. Yeah. I think I might have preferred that. Take out some of the Take check off some of the fat, and I think you would have had the same yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and um, well, it was nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Solo, a Star Wars story. When that film came out, and it wasn't mm. as it didn't exactly set the world alight box office wise. I mean, I, I like the film, but it, it yeah, did it, it did was, it was an enjoyable day out to the movies. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't. Whatever happened to that guy who plays him, Alden Ehrlichman? Old Elden Ehrlichman? Alden would, would would that it was? Yeah, what, what happened to him? I don't know. Dropped off the face of the earth. He's still doing... I mean, I can look him up on IMDb. I'm sure he's still doing stuff. Oh, no, I, I don't care enough. Don't worry fine. about it. I thought you might know because you're a human computer. But yeah, I... Um, 
I uh, solo everyone. Yeah, so, so it's a six part series. It's a, it has it has a little bit the uh, thing that the Mandalorian has of it being a the, at least some of the early episodes kind of feel like a video game um, where there are things that you have to um, you know there are, there are levels you have to get through, but then it really I think narratively it, it's it's quite. Um, it's quite sort of uh, captivating the stuff about Vader and Anakin and and uh, and Obi Wan's own character, you know, because Obi Wan suffers in the prequels. I feel like he doesn't get yeah. Um, he should be the most interesting character in some ways in uh, in those three films, and he's given well, I mean, the the, the, the writing is bad, but but but, I, but, but, I but mean, you know, but let's but but, but like this this is um. This feels like it's um, it's sort of rehabilitating him uh, as a yeah. as a character in the story of Skywalker, mm-hmm. and um, and giving us some more stuff about Darth, yeah. <laughs> which I was really appreciated that he called him Darth yeah. at one point. That felt like some great retconning. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it 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 it, it fits quite nicely because in A New Hope he says only a master I, I know I'm sorry, I've complained yeah. about this on the podcast before that's my point but, yes. um, I, um, I, I, I I thought there was some good little bits and pieces in there and um, and it didn't really change the way I feel about the prequels but it does um, it builds more nuance and complexity into the story that I think is needed and it certainly adds more than it takes away um and it also answers a question of what the fuck was he doing all that time you know um and the answer is uh you know helping helping Leia out and her disc man um that's what that droid just it just reminded me of like a one of those a CD walkman. players <laughs> no, yeah, a CD walkman. I was like yeah, oh my yeah. god that's exactly what that is she was great, um, Vivian Lyra Blair. I think I think Carrie Fisher would have been would have been pleased with her performance. Um, yeah, initially it annoyed me a bit. You know, I tell you one thing that annoyed me about this show. Sometimes the geography of the fight scenes felt yeah. very like badly done. Like it felt very easy to get to get away from the bad guys. Sometimes it, it, it was a bit like, like there was a bit where he's literally on fire. And Darth Vader and a million stormtroopers are bearing down on him, and then someone shoots a thing and it blows up, and then they somehow all escape. And I'm like, what the? F- how did they do that? And then there's another bit where they put a little row of lasers across the road, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my god, it's an impossible barrier. Like, just walk around it. <laughs> you know walk I mean? around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, the, and then, but the, it was really bad, and I cringed so much in those. Um, I nearly said Naboo, but it's um, it's uh, uh, Alderaan. Alderaan. The Alderaan scenes I thought were poor. You didn't whole. like them? Well, I just thought they they were a bit like they were a bit prequely, frankly. That's why I said Naboo actually initially. I misspoke, but like I think, um, and I think that the bit where she's running away from Flea and the other not Red Hot Chili Peppers guys, what, needles from Back to the Future, needles from Back to the Future. Yes, uh, when she's running away from needles, um, it's it's all she she does like throws like a bush in one of their faces, and he's like, ah, it is it is it is it is very screwball comedy. It yeah. is just like a little like they're doing like this kind of like oh come here like Frankenstein chasing a little girl kind of right. thing. Right, and it's not, but it doesn't look very perilous. I don't know. So the whole, that whole thing annoyed me, but that's details. And honestly, as it goes through, you just start to get into the groove start to really look forward to the next episodes because they released it one at a time one at a time yeah um and um and they introduced new stuff that i really like like um reva played, played by moses ingram moses ingram who is great character great performance um and um i loved all those people on twitter being like maybe she's this she's one of the younglings in the first scene it's like yes of course she well, is of course she what, is. What, 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 you, that's not that does not count as insider analysis um but uh, and frankly, nor does all the racism that she was subjected to, and we don't need to go into that here. No. But obviously, um, I think Ewan McGregor said it best when he said, "You're no Star Wars fan, in my opinion." You're no Star Wars fan, in my opinion. Um, um, yeah, yeah. No, oh. they're not. I mean, no, the, the, the internet is full of um, there's a lot of trolls, and the, and the world is full of um, anti-black racism, and yeah. that uh, has reared its head more than once in the Star Wars saga. The problem is. When Abrams and other people 
producers make decisions like cutting down Kelly Marie Tran and Finn's part yeah. uh, Finn played by um, John, John Boyega. Boyega when they cut down Kelly Marie Tran and John Boyega's parts for the third film people like that on the internet or elsewhere yeah. feel like they have a voice and feel like they can affect the narrative mm-hmm. so that's one that's an, an area that I would like to see the producers actually address I think it's a bit Personally, obviously, the, the the racism itself is is abhorrent and it needs a response. I don't think it's sufficient, and I think it's rather unfair to send Ewan McGregor out as a spokesperson. Now, of course, he's going to pull in more eyeballs than anyone else, and probably be more persuasive to like, you know, maybe an impressionable fourteen year old who's gotten caught up yeah, in some yeah, yeah. some racist rhetoric. But you need a response from the producers, especially in light of the fact that we've seen this kind of um, behavior from them where they've been like, oh, the, they don't like those characters. All right, JJ, cut them out of the third film. You know? Well, yeah, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, it happened with Daisy Ridley. It happened with Joan Boyega. It happened with Kelly Marie Tran. It happened with Ark McBest. I mean, Ark McBest, he got he, he, he even at one point contemplated suicide. I mean, I would too if I'd played Jar Jar Binks in fairness. But no, well, I mean, I, like, no, 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 but, no, no, but, no, no, like the vitriol directed personally against him is inexcusable. The vitriol directed against Jar Jar Binks is understandable to a certain degree. Yeah, um, I get I that. got triggered just seeing him in that prequel, like flashback that yeah, they did, yeah, where yeah. he's walking in that solemn procession behind Queen Amidala. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, is he still in a position <laughs> of power? Like, where does he even get his money? Like, who buys his clothes? This man is incompetent. The, whatever he is, Gungan man. He's, he's the Susan Collins of the Star Wars universe. He's not even the Susan Collins. He's like the, the Lauren Boba on the Star Wars universe like he's, he's a complete nutcase um, poor Ahmed Best yeah I mean that that, that shouldn't have happened to him but yeah the, the nasty um, the, the insidious way that this stuff works online is really scary the, the, the fact that um, so much kind of um, racist abuse these days is not just done with the usual kind of epithets and awful stereotypes but is almost couched in this kind of like highly rational sort of well if you look at this and you look at that and actually and blah and the wo- all this thing about woke people you know it's just it's the same you know it's the same um shit that we've you know always dealt yeah, with it's yeah, just yeah. people do not um uh people do not like it uh when diversity is uh presented to them and it's um it's so frustrating and it is so frustrating when it's a made up fucking space movie with guys with laser swords it's like just like look at yourself just have a fucking word with yourself if you're getting upset about a character in a space not even a movie in a space soap about (laughs) guys with swords and a little girl with a discman yeah and also it is about fighting oppression and the empire right yeah, exactly. <laughs> and go. also like yeah. the, the empire and all these people being like well have you considered that actually the stormtroopers are, you know like, like I, mean, the, I mean the empire is the nazis in space <laughs> right right i mean uh or you know or the republican party in space um <laughs> the the i mean the, the second of the uh, sequels the rise of the Jed- what did, was it called? Last, the, Jedi. Right, right, last, last Jedi. Last Jedi. Last Jedi has, I think, a lot of political stuff in it. And the third film has nothing. Like, the third film's just about defeating a wizard yeah. who's brought himself back from the dead. It's total Lord of the Rings stuff. I think, I mean, say what you will about director Colin Trevorrow. I know he's not everyone's favourite director. I know that people did not like Jurassic World Dominion. I liked it for what it was. It was fine. I didn't, it didn't, like, insult my intelligence or ruin anything for me. I didn't, you know, it was a fine summer blockbuster. But reading what his, you know, episode nine, Jewel of the Fates, was going to be... Finn had an arc. He was going to like lead a rebellion against the First Order. Like all they needed, not ride about on fake horses with other black. Yeah, people. I know. And they're like, you go over there. It's like that scene in Animal House where it's like, hey, I meet Muhammad, and you know, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. bring him over to 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 put him put yeah. him and Kelly Marie Chan with all the other characters of color. Meanwhile, we focus on these two central white characters who, you know who were in an interesting arc and now we've just made it stupid yeah i mean john boyega i think two years ago he actually came out and said like if you know the, the fact that he was all over the marketing for the first the, the force awakens so we he was he, it, he was very prolific in that and then it was and then it turned out that it was daisy ridley's movie than anything else yeah. and then he kind of took into you know if you are you know make 
that character the main character like if you are gonna like have him be the fate that person be the face of the marketing let that character be the main character have an but also, arc there's, there's you can have you know you've got in star wars there's multiple main yeah. characters and that i think that's fine but the way that he was just sort of relegated is, is, is incredible i mean in rise of skywalker he just basically shouts ray every two seconds mm. yeah it's not great um but yeah so so obviously i think the the thing basically obviously the racism is horrible we it should be rightly condemned and honestly anyone who is listening to this although i don't think we have that many listeners but if you are listening to this and you are one of those people um mm-hmm. fuck you yeah exactly um, but, but also like i think in seriousness like it's not enough for us all to just go on the internet and be like boo racists go away and send ewan mcgregor out there like we need to have a, a conversation about accountability because are they going to do a show about reva you know spoiler alert she survives obi-wan yeah like, i mean are they gonna are they actually gonna back this character and back moses ingram or are they gonna go like oh they didn't like that and they're just gonna make i another... would happily watch and, of course i would happily that, watch that, a show but, with but, her. are they the producers going to yeah i mean you know put their um you know be bold and actually say are you listening kathleen kennedy probably not if she was if you are listening kathleen kennedy um can we have some money please <laughs> um and um but yeah so anyway that's what i'm saying what i would like to see is the actual production company and disney and the 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 fucking hell bring out george lucas if you want to but like the people who have responsibility for this um franchise i hate that word saga this ip um to come out and actually say no first of all we condemn racism and second of all we will not listen to editorial comments um yeah. from racist fans and actually yeah. that you know obviously they're not fans in, well, in the I mean, sense yeah i mean i have seen the star wars twitter page they were calling even i'm even post like moses ingram like racism comments and things like that they did start calling out a lot of people on their twitter page to people who were like commenting stuff so i think that's, but that's different you that's need different an, but yeah. you need you, an yeah. official statement and then they need to say okay you don't like um you don't like black characters in star wars we're gonna make our next series all about reva or we're gonna make it all about finn or we're gonna you know yeah, bring yeah. back john boyega do a mini series with him anyway yeah exactly that's all to say that's where I that's where I land yeah, on this yeah, issue. Yeah. The show I thought was good. I thought it was a great idea to focus on Leia rather than Luke. Um I um Which was originally the idea that he was gonna get stolen by Tuscan Raiders, I think. <laughs> Poor Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> They've suffered enough. Yeah. Um and I feel like he wouldn't be if he'd been stolen by Tuscan Raiders, he wouldn't be as blase as going after them as he does in the first movie. But you know, I think the, the the there's a lot of just there's a lot of fun in there the mm. vader stuff is done really well i love the 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 way they that his character is is potent in this in the way that in um you know rogue one he's more of a like sort of ooh, boogeyman like here yeah. he's a central character and he has personality and he he develops he, he you know you watch him actually darken mm. in this series which i thought was really good like any doubt that anakin may have had coming out of oh, fucking revenge of the sith you know gets really challenged yeah and, dis- and he sort of doubles down on his sithness yeah uh, he's, i this, mean especially uh, in episode three when he's walking down the road and just breaking people's necks and dragging them away and stuff remember that oh jesus yeah that was a pretty terrifying moment yeah yeah he's uh He's having a lot of fun there, but yeah. So um, it could it could have. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like that episode a lot. I think I was really on board with it after that episode, particularly with the him like. It is a bit like Darth Petty Vader. It's like you will feel my pain as <laughs> you when you left me to die on the lava planet. I thought that was cool though. Yeah, that was pretty badass. Um, and then the, I, as I say, the escape was a little. Um, I think easy. It, it it it. I think it all really comes down to. Because they are using the volume where they shot the Mandalorian quite a lot, and I think it—I mean, the Mandalorian looks fantastic. It's the volume. The volume. It's that. It's that studio. The LED backdrop. Where oh, they that shoot big everything. dome thing. Yeah, that's where yeah. they. That's that's a lot of you know that a lot of the Star Wars TV stuff is being shot on that, and also mm. films as well, like um, the new Thor movie, and also. Um, a lot of the a lot of the Disney Marvel stuff are using that now. God, Disney's such an empire, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's really. I mean, Speaking of empires, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it 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 
I like the way it sort of, I like the idea of the volume. I like that it actually gives you a background that you could work with. And I'm, and even Ewan McGregor said he had a lot more fun filming this than he did on the prequels, which was just a lot of green screen and just pre- mm. pretending that there was stuff there. I think it does show maybe the sort of limitations of it because I feel like in a lot of the action scenes, there's the blocking was a bit weird and a yeah. bit jumpy. And also yeah. very the editing and the cinematography in some scenes was a little bit hard to get my head around it Same, yeah that's 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 basically the like, biggest the single biggest complaint i had about the show like it wasn't about the writing it wasn't about the characterization it was just like sometimes i was like hang on what's going on who's that what's happening yeah but i feel like what director deborah chow who directed all, who directed all the episodes i think what she did very well was in the sort of emotional and the drama scenes i think that was very strong and yeah. actually and, and there I, was some good action yeah there's some really good i mean the last fight scene with darth vader and obi-wan was pretty good on that cloudy you know, planet. It's not Bespin. It's not Bespin. Or Dagobah. No. Really, Yoda was just chilling out while Obi-Wan was just (laughs) going around. How did you find me? (laughs) I am wondering, why are you here? Yeah. But, um... I don't come into the franchise yet. He's just listening to music and I was going to say, we need a Yoda series, and I realised that's basically Mandalorian. Um, I know that's not actually Yoda, but... I think... I, um... I liked the... I really the opening scene of the first episode which goes back to the order 66 at the jedi temple i thought that was a very strong opening Mm. even though it did hit very differently particularly after what happened in uvalde oh well yeah and they Um, did they did put a disclaimer at the end at the beginning of the episode saying that you know just it might trigger certain aspects i mean this is the thing i mean it's, it's, it's i mean this is why these um you know why part of the reason i made that point you know is that we live in this very scary world and um and the there's a there's a reckoning that needs to be had with that with these entertainers who need to um you know on the one hand it's sad that they have to actually like respond to real world events but on the other hand it's they have a responsibility to kind Mm. of not inflame anything or trigger anyone as you say or whatever so i got it i mean it's it's just really tough anyway Obi-Wan Kenobi was very good yeah what I like, else has been going yeah. on in the world of your entertainment yeah. life I mean just before we move oh, on you, wait, you, you want to stay on Obi-Wan no I just want to say I thought Hayden Christensen did a very good job uh, yeah he did yeah that was, good. Particularly, that was good that was a good scene but... particularly in the last uh, the last scene where he's like where it's half his face yeah is... no, no that was good no he did very well and the flashback with the duel very good um, yeah I just wanted to say yeah. that. Yeah. Well done, Hayden, if you're listening. And again, you know, if you are somehow, um, can we have some money? Um, <laughs> what else? You see, you've been watching a lot of films. Most of them are films that I don't want to see. Um, yeah. But um, what uh, what are some like gems that you've seen? I mean, I, I, I don't know in terms of new films. I don't think I've seen anything except... Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I enjoyed. Which is a, a, an amazing movie. Yeah, I... I I would I I think the hype was a little bit uh, overblown but it was a very very good and very very fun film and incredibly original and um and I loved the I loved the performances especially um Michelle Yeoh of course who um one of my friends is making one of Lily's friends is making a documentary about uh and he said she's just as lovely in real life as yeah. you would expect her to be. So and, that's, that's and, great. And Kei uh, Hu Kwan is back in the movies. Short round, yes. Yeah, he, he was amazing. He was really good, really good in that, as was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis was great. And also James Hong, who's been in like over a mm. hundred movies and now has a uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, about bloody time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, really, that, that was, I had so much fun with that. Um, and... Um, yeah, I love that. You know, often on the podcast, I've said, like, I wish more people would just make independent, which I mean, films that are independent of any kind of franchise or any kind of story. Yeah. Um, album, what am I trying to say? IP. IP. I see. I'm trying not to say IP because <laughs> I don't want to sound like a twat. But yeah. I. Um, and I and I think this is exactly it. But, but films that feel contemporary as well. And this film feels very of the moment. Like, all the little visual jokes, the goggly eyes, the 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 callbacks to not stuff from, you know, 
the childhood of someone who grew up in the 80s but the childhood of someone who grew up in the 90s or the noughts like the ra- the rakakuni thing was that was fucking hilarious and so you know it just felt very modern like i one of and the one of the best things i can say about it is i felt like i was a little bit too old for it when i was watching it yeah. you know what i mean like, i was like some of this is a bit beyond me like it really felt like a film that was being made for the tiktok generation and i really i, I appreciate that i sound like the oldest man of all time <laughs> right now but do, do you know what i mean like that kind of yeah. like um the, the 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 way in which like the cultural references get pulled in from here there and everywhere it's sort of the the randomness and kind of inco uh, incongruousness is is seen as um you know, highly praiseworthy. I mean, it's a film that just really believes in kind of the humour that exists on the, you know, when the internet is showing its good side and, and yeah. all the rest of it. I felt, it, it really felt very contemporary and I, I, I appreciated that. Um, I did read, I did really appreciate it, but I also just, I really appreciated the sort of filmmaking, the yeah. creativity of it as well. Yeah. And, oh, and speaking of references, of course, they did have some great Wong Kar Wai references in there. Yeah, particularly that scene when he says, I would have been happy you know, doing our taxes and lawn and doing laundry. Mm. I, I thought that that scene was really well done. I just think it, like it was thematically really strong, create creatively amazing. Like it looked great, and I I don't mean I don't I mean it's the highest grossing film, one of a a twenty four's highest grossing films that they've made, which is great. The fact that a film like that has generated so much buzz and yeah. had so much box office. Um, uh, intake, which is just great. I think that. Well, get- hopefully, it can start to chip away at this like behemoth of endless fucking franchises. You know, like I can't believe that. I think the bubble is bursting a lot because yeah. I feel like the. Do you, pro- think, you really think you feel that way? Well, this is my sort of opinion of it. I feel like it's it, looking even looking at something like the Marvel movies, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It you know they were getting towards. Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame felt like a season, like a series finale. And it just seemed like it's it's now carrying on because of popularity and it's sticking around a lot longer than it should. Mm. You know, like think Supernatural or whatever. Boris Johnson. Or yeah, Boris Johnson. Or, or like, <laughs> Although he's never popular, but yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's just, I feel like it's got, it's like, but I feel like there's always going to be something that you're going to like and maybe something you don't like, especially with like Star Wars. If you didn't like Kenobi, there's the Cassian Andor series that's coming up. Maybe you'll like that. If you don't like that, then there's Ahsoka and then there's a bunch of other stuff that they got planned. It's a big buffet table. You don't have to like, like everything on the buffet table. I'm using that analogy from that, the Star Wars sessions podcast. They use that analogy. They think they, they were, but I feel like Star Wars does that better than yeah. like Star. The good, the thing about Star Wars is we're still in the, point where any new star wars feels to a lot of people like a bonus and i think a lot of people haven't stopped and realized that actually we've had a fuck ton of star wars in the last few yeah. years but i'm still i i still feel like every time i see a new star wars thing i'm still like Ooh. yeah i get exci- you know, i get excited about and it. I, I don't i haven't actually i didn't watch the book of boba fett i was i i didn't watch the clone wars series i might not watch andor i'm not sure but like yeah as you say it's a smorgasbord have have at it enjoy um and but i still like i think it's it, 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 i think i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure about the marvel thing because it's like can you really pick and choose or is it like yeah. are they really trying to get you to like complete the set it that feels more because what isn't isn't canon you know what isn't isn't like official like if in star wars there are only really three essential texts Yes. New Hope, Empire, Return of the Jedi, right? The can... sacred text! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything else is a bonus. Whereas yeah. in Marvel, it's like, where does it begin? Where does it end? It's this huge, yeah. like, behemoth the... thing that swallows all the yeah, best yeah, action yeah. talent around. And, I mean, the, yeah. pro- the problem is, is because those films are so connected. Even if it's like Iron Man 1, 2, one, two and 3, and then you have Thor 1, 2, 3, and now 4, Captain America 1, 2, and 3. Thor they're, 4. They're all, yeah. <laughs> they're all connected. You can't, like... You can't like watch one film out of order. It's like it's not like the James Bond films. You could watch like Living Daylights or License to Kill without having to watch Doctor No and all the other films that came before that. The yeah. problem is, and also now with the TV shows, you have to watch those before you go into the movies. Because I feel like with the new Doctor Strange film, if you hadn't watched One Division, which is actually pretty good, um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you will be very confused. And I think that's kind of the problem you are. And also the thing is you are going to throw in a lot of references to like comic book stuff 
because at the end in one like credit scene at the end I, there's like a character played by Charlize Theron shows up and I'm just like who the fuck is that and what is Charlize Theron doing in this that and then and I have to go on the internet to find out who that character is you see that's the thing I find that's the thing I find really boring and annoying about Marvel like aside from the fact that they seem to occupy so much space and they seem to swallow up so much talent and they sw- I mean, especially with cinemas as well if you like yeah. want, and they take up so many times and it's like yeah they, they really they really feel like a force for bad in the world of movies yeah. and then the fact that they're then also being like oh but you know here's a thing at the end of our movie that's going to make you want to watch the next one but it's also going to make in like you five years go, yeah <laughs> it's also going to make you want to go back and watch every other thing and it's just like eyeballs all the time you know and it's like i feel like i don't know i feel like star wars is more forgiving but then again i'm a star yeah. wars fan but yeah it's I, it's gonna i think you know it, is it, the bubble gonna burst though? that's what you're saying i feel like it? at some point the bubble will burst unless they actually show what they're building to next unless they i feel like once but you, is that do people want do people still want to see this stuff because it's yeah. like we've kind of had all these yeah, it's about this. they're superheroes. They, there's a there's a world ending threat, and they defeat yeah. it, and then they move on, and so, and then we look at it from a different angle. But it's like at some point, aren't people gonna get tired of this shit? Yeah, I feel like in order for it to sort of endure over many years, I feel like you have to do things a little bit interest, do some more interesting things, and do something a little bit more fresh, which is what. Well, just end it. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Which is what. Chloe Zhao was doing with the Eternals film, which I thought was really good and yeah, like and looked and looked better than most of the other like movies that are being churned out. And you know was and still, was trying to be like this. Depressing is that yeah. you've got Chloe Zhao, just one best director, being pulled into the bloody Marvel universe instead of going out and making another great movie. Well, she's definitely got her paycheck from that, and now she's going to go off and do some sort of vampire western or whatever it is. Oh, I'm on board with that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I may, uh, be, I may be wrong. It is something to do with vampires, and it might be a western. I'm not too so sure. This was a conversation that all spiraled out of control because we were talking about how refreshing everything, everywhere, all at once yeah. was. But um, also, I mean, despite the fact, like, you know, I mean, thinking about something like Top Gun Maverick, mm. it's now made a billion dollars worldwide. That's but also thinking, oh it, it's also like a. It's incredibly well made. Watching that in the IMAX, particularly in a lot of the flight scenes. Mm. is amazing the sound design the cinematography like it's it's incredible they actually just put the actors in the planes and just did all that that was incredible but also it's a very it had a great story behind it maybe yeah it seemed a bit familiar but it had something that the audience could connect to there was some stakes to it and i think you could read you could leave a seat i mean they've not made a lot of but but yeah that's the thing and also you could really feel like everyone from tom cruise to like the director to the writers and everyone involved in the production were really like wanted to make the best movie possible mm. and they did that and i feel like you know i f- you know looking even looking at the christopher mccrory uh mission impossible movies people could learn a lot from that that's like the template for big blockbuster filmmaking good blockbuster filmmaking like yeah, because that stuff be- that will make you want to watch it again and again and again yeah i mean like for example with the jurassic park stuff it's like we are i think we are getting to the point where it's like maybe the idea that there's a park with dinosaurs in it and it goes wrong is just getting a bit like like we've kind of we've kind of done it you know yeah like, i know i feel like it. we did it three times and then we did it another three times and it's like let's stop yeah i mean i like jurassic world dominion but like done you don't need to make more jurassic park world movies you don't yeah. need to do it anymore so give it give it give it like 10 years before so doing hopefully something one. else will pop up you know um, and we'll we'll be able to uh, embark on new exciting IP adventures together. Um, what else yeah. have you been watching? What else have you been up to? Yeah, I did enjoy the Elvis movie. I know you're not a big Baz Luhrmann fan. I don't like Baz Luhrmann, and uh, I don't love rock biopics. I haven't watched that. Yeah, I think it um, it does like shake up the uh, the sort of cradle to the grave biography movie kind of thing, and um, it was very enjoyable. Uh, Austin Butler, who plays Elvis, is amazing. That's a shoe-in for a Best Actor nomination right there. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is he... Um, what, do I know him from anything else? Uh, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He plays oh, uh, Tex Watson, one of the uh, Manson murders. Ah. Um, has a very memorable scene with Brad Pitt in that movie. Um, I recently watched... Uh, Stranger Things, season four, which which I thought was uh, the best season since the first one. 
Yeah, that's been getting a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of attention. Hasn't yeah, it? Kate Bush made two point three million dollars in royalties from. That's incredible. <laughs> that's just that's just amazing. Yeah, same with Metallica as well. Master of Puppets has gone up in the charts now because of because of the Stranger Things show. Which it's is, so funny the way that works that people yeah. when when they hear music in a in a show or in a movie they immediately they go and sort of it's like they've suddenly got some visual emotional anchor for the song um but it is it, it is amazing how it it does work like there are certain songs when i hear them that i even if they're quite well known or if they're songs i know quite well that if they've used effectively in a film i really can't get that usage out of my head like i think yeah. about um certain rolling stone songs and mean streets for example or um uh you know that they're, they're, they're uh, actually wes anderson does some great stuff with, yeah with i mean i can't every time when i listen to stuck in the middle with you i always dance like michael manson and reservoir dogs right i mean that's that's maybe the ultimate example um, yeah yeah well one one other film which i've really liked which is on which was uh uploaded on hbo max uh is the george carlin documentary george carlin's american dream yes which is in two parts um incredibly well made and illuminating documentary and really just shows how great of a comedian he was and also how important of a comedian he was yeah and how you know even today you know he passed away in 2008 2009 but his comedy is extremely relevant today yes really it's like like bill hicks yeah, yeah it's it's incredible and it's it does a fantastic job in showing the importance of his comedy and really how right on the money he was on a lot of topics like you know abortion or something like that and it's just yeah. it's it's incredible like it's amazing i think like the second part goes very deep particularly in one moment where it really like has one of his later specials where he's talking about stuff and then showing pretty much all the shit that we've been going through and how it just fits in with what's happening especially like when talking about the GOP and Republicans and things like that. So mm. that's really worth watching. Great biography about him and his life and his career. Speaking of documentaries, I watched a very good one by Robert Wydy, I think he's called, or Wydy, uh, about Kurt Vonnegut called Unstuck in Time, which... Um, I've not heard of that. Which I think is IFC Films produced it. Um, what was it called? Unstuck in Time. By, uh, it's about Kurt Vonnegut. Really, really good. Um, and... Um, Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a Kurt Vonnegut fan, so that helps. But I think it could be watched by um, anyone, and I think I think it should hopefully get people interested in reading the Great Man. Um, but yeah, as usual, I haven't really watched a bunch of new films um, that have come out this year. Um, I uh, oh, speaking of new TV show stuff, though, I did watch the new um, Borgen or Bone um, series that that. Um, is now available on Netflix. I have a I have a film school friend who actually plays one of the characters in the new season. Really? Yeah, she is um one of the it's she's uh she lives in Greenland and she's uh, she's from there and oh. uh, she plays it's uh, her name is uh Nevi Pilsen. Can I see her picture? Yeah, so I'll uh, just I don't the name the name of the actor. That's amazing. So you went to film school with her? Yes. In, uh, in Denmark? Goodness. Hang on. Let me see. Oh. Gosh. She's one of the, like, main characters. Yeah, she's, her, she's, one of, she's like, one of the main characters. Bloody hell. Oh, that's a claim to fame right there. Yeah. Um, well, amazing. Um, I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. It's a great, um, great show. And she's lovely as well. She's a really, oh, really nice person. Glad really, hear. really nice person. And really, really congratulations for that. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Uh, the um, the show is um, the show is very good. So that's one new thing I've watched. Um, I've been watching Barry, the HBO oh, yes, TV show. Yes, we were it's talking about so that. It's so funny. Mm. It's so funny. I need to watch that. Bill Hader one day is going to direct a film and he's going to win Best Director. Mm. The episodes that he's directed are so good like season two episode six or episode five had me laughing so loudly and so hard it is amazing it's so funny it's dark and and funny it's, it's, it's cool. good it's good it's a good show like i haven't been that like 
thinking so much about the show since like Mad Men or Breaking Bad or something like that. Hmm. Hmm. And I've also been enjoying the last season of Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad. Speaking of Breaking Bad. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Um, the last, the beginning of the last sort of part of the season is going to come out on Monday, which I'm excited for, mm. given how the mid-season finale oh, people ended. Seem to, people seem to really like it. And Bob Odenkirk is obviously just such a great, great actor. Yeah. Um, he was he was so f- funny and great in this film called Nobody. Have you seen that? No. What's that? <laughs> it's it's um uh Connie Nielsen is in the film as well. He mm. she plays his his um she plays his wife and um he's basically like this everyday guy works like a really shitty job and like bit of a loveless marriage and life seems to be going nowhere and things like that and then it's sort of and then the, the, someone breaks into his house. He goes out to try and find out who broke in, broke into his house. And then he gets involved with Russian gangsters. Oh my God. And then it's revealed that he used to be an assassin. Hmm. And he just, and he gets, it, it's like, it's like old John Wick kind of thing. And it's, it's, and it's, well, it's, and like, it, it's like a history of violence. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, there's, Bob there's a, it, it, he, he actually that he he actually crushes it. He 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 actually is very believable, especially in a lot of the fight scenes where he's doing a lot of hand to hand combat. He's really oh it's very believable. That's the last thing I would ever have expected from. Uh, but he's he just shows he can do anything. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'm good on him. I mean, I really I really love how his his career has just yeah. sort of gone. And I'm happy he uh, so varied and interesting. And I'm happy he uh, recovered from his. Fatal heart attack, right on on while filming Better Call Saul. Yeah, so he was actually like, yeah, he was pretty. I think he was dead for a few minutes. Jesus. Like, I mean, his co-stars Patrick Fabian and Rhea Seahorn, they went, they jumped right into action to make sure that he was, you know, in the best, you know, he was taken care of before the hospital, uh, before he was taken to the hospital. It's so scary, isn't it? Um, but imagine having to do a scene having a heart attack and almost dying and then having to go back to set and do the same scene again. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird, isn't it? I yeah. mean, there's, there's that thing of, I always think about John Spencer in the West Wing, you know, who had to play that scene where he does have a heart attack mm-hmm. and then he died of a heart attack in real life. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Very sad. Um, so what, are, what are, are there any are there any films that you're looking forward to? Oh, I was going to ask you the same yeah. question. Um, um, nope, Jordan Peele's new film. Nope, looks great. I look for, I looked at the trailer for that and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be very very um, very excited to see that when it comes out. And I think it looks um, it looks pretty promising. You know, from a, from a sort of like, oh, you know, is he going to go too far? Is he going to make one that doesn't quite land? This one feels like. Um, you know, judging by the trailer, which is always difficult, it uh, it does look really fun. Other things I'm looking forward to, you're going to have to probably remind me of certain stuff, but um, there feels like it feels like there's some. Oh gosh, what have I seen trailers for recently? I'm drawing a complete blank. What what stuff that I would like is coming out? Um, um there's a new. Um, you posted about something a trailer that dropped yesterday with Christian Bale and people like that oh Amsterdam it's yeah. a David O. Russell film yeah that looks interesting yeah a lot of people were a bit like seems to me a lot of people in Hollywood want to work with David O. Russell given how problematic he is is he problematic? yeah he uh, allegedly uh molested his niece or yeah. was very inappropriate oh. with her oh, even even kind of like saying i did do it but she did kind of entice me kind of thing oh god oh no but he's also yeah. been i mean you know he you know he got into a fight with george clooney on the set of three kings because of the way that he was treating extras and then there's that whole thing with uh lily tomlin on the i heart huckabees set where you can actually find the clips on youtube where you actually just see him losing his shit and going after lily tomlin and why would anyone go after lily tomlin what a monster. well it was just like it's it happened twice and it's like i i he he like really lost his shit to the point where like the first ad was like okay everyone offset let's go god it's like the christian bale rant on the terminator salvation set but way worse um 
Speaking of, um, that's uh, he sounds like a shit. Um, I I do look forward to the new Mission Impossible ones, having mentioned them mm. earlier. Um, and um, Dead Reckoning Part One. I know I've I know it's already out or it's been released, but I really want to see the tale of King Crab. That um, yeah, I've seen p- pictures of it online. A lot of people have been saying really good things about it. Um, there's that film, Good Luck Leo Grand, with uh, Emma Thompson, which is oh, supposed to be quite nice. Yeah, I've seen adverts for that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I hope films come back. You know, like I hope. I mean, cinemas have and... cinemas have been doing pretty well this year, have they? Oh, they that's have. Good. Yeah, I think that's they good. seem to be jumping back. Even when during the pandemic, everyone was like saying, "Death of Cinema, here comes streaming, and everything like that." Yeah. I mean, look at people Netflix. like going to the movies. Yeah, we like going to the movies. It's a great experience. I mean, Top Gun. People were cheering and crying. I was crying, cheering as well. It was amazing. Hmm. Especially um, in the Val Kilmer scene. <laughs> The ride of the Valkyries. Um, yeah, um, that's nice. Uh, nice that they brought him back. Um, and um, yeah, hopefully they won't do like they won't turn that into a crazy series because the the one problem with Top Gun, of course, is it's like, do we need like to present the American military as this like badass cool force right now? Yeah. Like, nah. but yeah, um, <laughs> like I was watching Executive Decision the other night as part of our holiday fun proper 90s and action it's movie so interesting because it's also basically like a propaganda movie about american might you know and yeah. and the justified use of that might it's so interesting when you think about um what happened you know but a few short years later and with the 9-11 and iraq mm. and everything um but yeah so um what about so there's, there's the Triangle of Sadness, the Ruben oh. Oslin film who did Force Majeure and The Square. He's got a new oh. film. It won uh, the Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival. Triangle of Sadness. That does sound quite uh, and um, Palm Door. <laughs> Don't worry, darling. The Florence Pugh film, which is directed by um, Olivia Wilde, who did Booksmart. It's her second film as a director, and it's supposed okay. to be like a horror movie. Which oh, looks exciting. Right. I refuse to watch the trailer until I've seen the film. Very good. Want to go in blind. Mm. Um, there's also the um, George Miller movie, the with um, with uh, Tilda Swinton and um, Idris Elba, which looks really, which also played at Cannes. Just trying to find the title of it. Oh, and hang on, then then the, there's that Marilyn Monroe biopic with Anna de Armas, Blonde. Yeah, directed by uh, Andrew Dominic, who did Killing Them Softly and the assassination of the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That's been that's been like a passion project for him. That could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, as I as I say, I'm normally quite suspicious of films like that, but that that could be very interesting. Um, well, that seems like there's lots to look oh, forward yeah, to. Yeah, it's called it's called Three Thousand Years of Longing. Ooh. It's a it's an adaptation of a short story called The Djinn in the Night Angels Night in the Sorry The Djinn in the Night Nightingale's Eye by A. S. Byatt. Hmm. Um, so yeah films to look forward to seems like there's a lot there uh what about stuff that you've just watched and liked recently uh recently i uh i watched the goonies like all the way through for the first time which i really enjoyed um uh i also watched uh this documentary called the lost leonardo have you Hmm. seen that no it's uh came out in 2021 uh peter albrickson who has uh sent us a few uh top 10 uh, recommendations. Oh, yes, he he, yeah. he worked as a sound designer on the film, and it's it's basically a great film about the art world, about this lost painting by Leonardo da Vinci of, of um called Salvatore uh, Mundi, hmm. and it's like it basically just turns into like a thriller halfway through the movie and it just kind of like really goes into like this kind of like how this art dealership world works and how like just you know it's it's amazing it was a really really it, it very sort of like eye-opening movie and very well done and the sound design of the movie was really good and kind of elevated the kind of uh thriller undertones in the film well that sounds cool i um i watched um the there's a couple of films that i think you would like uh, that you might not have seen uh, that I've watched in the last few months. Um, one of which was um, The Small Back Room, which is a Powell and Pressburger film. I have not seen that. No. Uh, which is about like a bomb maker in the Second World War. Um, and he's um, he's played by David Farah from um, 
uh, Black Narcissus. Um, and, Is he uh, the uh, guy in the short pants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and Kathleen Byron from Black Narcissus is in it as well, as is um, Jack Hawkins. Um, oh, nice. So good film, that. Very interesting kind of psychological thriller. Um, another one, uh, I watched my first ever Agnes Varda film, uh, Keo I, from five to seven. Yeah, which is, uh, I need to watch more of her stuff. I've been meaning to. That is a really good film if you want to, yeah. if you want to give it a go. Um, and then, I, well, I had COVID for a bit, so I had uh, I had a lot of chance to watch movies. And an interesting one uh, that I came across was this uh, Robert Altman uh, western kind of comedy with uh, Paul Newman, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, Buffalo Bill and the Indians. Um, yeah, but I, which I mean, he's he's brilliant in it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was it was really very really, really very enjoyable and then speaking of westerns I revisited a favorite of ours and watched the three burials of Melchiadas Estorada which is absolutely fantastic it's a great movie now a lot of people won't have seen it but it's a it is a uh, still very topical um it's a you know contemporary western set on the uh, Texas Mexico border, uh, a, a, a border a, a border patrol agent kills uh, kind of semi accidentally but semi on purpose kills a um, an Mexican. undocumented Mexican worker who works on a ranch, um, and um, his employer and best friend played by Tommy Lee Jones, mm-hmm. um, who also directed the film. demands that he kidnaps the border agent and they together exhume the body of Melchiadas Estorada and take it to Mexico for a proper burial and yeah. it is and it's just it's like um it's like Cormac McCarthy it's like Cormac McCarthy directed by Sam Peckinpah you know directed by the, the Sam Peckinpah of like Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid yeah it's so splendid and um yeah I just think it has so much uh so much to say for itself and um I am it's a huge huge fan of 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 Tommy Lee Jones as you yeah. know um and um yeah, well, who's it? What's it written by? It's written by um, Guillermo Arriaga, who wrote um, a lot of uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu's movies, like um, Amores Peros, Twenty One Grams, and Babel. Uh, they had a bit of a falling out, I think. Between, I think like, on sounds tw- like big personalities are involved. No, there. I think I, I think it got it got a little. I think they they had a falling out between Twenty One Grams and Babel because of screenwriting credits. Like I think it's all down to like I think it was down to like feeling like. Inuritu wanted to be credited because he felt like he gave more to it and I think Ariaga was like no <laughs> well um, which I can understand because I feel like Inuritu would be there that very sort of like controlling and stuff yeah from what from what we know of him um, that's the case well um, well it's certainly I, I, uh, I, just before we leave I, I may be wrong but I think Tommy Lee Jones has made another western which I think is a remake of The Cowboys the John Wayne movie ooh I might be wrong. I'll quickly double check that. Well, I'll fact that's, one, I'll to, fact that's check that. one to look forward to. Well, hopefully people will keep making westerns because we do love them. Uh, watch The Power of the Dog, of course. That was good. Yeah, that's a great film. Um, and um, uh, obviously, um, I mean, it, it, I think, again, a, a lot, you know, it shows what can be done with the genre. I was really struck by the fact that you don't see a single gun in The Power of the Dog. No shooting. There's, There's no, no gunplay at all. There's no so shoot out. Um, but um, it's a film that John Wayne would have been angry with. <laughs> Pro- well, yes, <laughs> I think for a lot of reasons. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, obviously, our 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 friend, um, um, what's his name, the narrator from The Big Lebowski, he didn't like it. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yeah, um, I think he apologized for yeah, it afterwards. And Jane Campion then also had she had a great moment where she was interviewed about it, and then the next day made a huge fool of herself at the whatever it was. The yeah, SGA it was the uh, I think it was the Directors Guild Awards, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was um, unfortunate. That was that was yeah, that was that was yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, but uh, yeah, movies we love them. We love them. Well. Um, we're obviously going to do more. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to spend my whole holiday doing podcasts, but it's good to catch up with yes. you, brother. And uh, when I get back to my uh, troubled country, uh, we will uh, we'll pick up the top you, tens again. You breach the Atlantic Wall. Yes, uh, that's slight. That, that's a different thing. Um, the, um, the, uh, we'll I think continue doing top tens for a while until we think of a new gimmick. Yeah, um, we've only done what did you say fourteen of them. We've done fourteen episodes. We've done one hundred and forty films, um, yeah. and so. a lot of honourable mentions. Uh, and our next one is what? It's going to be top ten food scenes. Food scenes, scenes of feasting and feeding uh, people. So um, 
that doesn't like obviously Jaws doesn't count but um, <laughs> unless doesn't count with... is there a food scene in Jaws I suppose there is uh... when they're having dinner but that's mostly them just drinking wine that's a drinking movie I think yeah. if, 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 if we were going to do drunk, drunk, scene, drunk, drunk scenes, scenes yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. would be in there yeah. what do we do that, like we do top 10 food scenes and then after that top 10 drunk scenes could do yeah. let's see how food scenes goes down yes. I want to I want to I, I <laughs> get it food yes, how, we di- how it's digested yeah, by yeah, our yeah. listeners um, but yeah we will return uh, yeah. and, um, so you can follow us on Twitter yes, uh, at Holmes Movies Pod you can um, you can also when we post about the top 10 episodes do please contribute contribute yeah. we would like get to involved give, we actually want to hear from you we want to like give you guys shout outs and things like that yeah we really like shouting out yeah shout shout and shout again <laughs> yes good callback <laughs> yes so you can follow us there you can also follow me on i'm on uh twitter as well at fabricius 91 adam is at northampton dane you can also send us an email at homesmoviespodcast at gmail.com um uh what else you could follow us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Acast. You can check us out there. So if you click the link tree note, uh, note l- link, click the link tree link, you can, uh, we make a note of the link and then click it. <laughs> and, and then you can check out all where our podcast is available. And um, you can check out our, our latest. Uh, you can top... check out a lot. Yeah, you can check out a lot. You can also check. You can listen to our. Uh... You can check out our profile pics and be like, "Wow, those guys are hot." <laughs> um, one of them's married. That's true, and neither of them are hot. Um, <laughs> so, it's, uh, you yeah. know, you can check out our latest uh, top ten episode, which was us talking about our top ten favorite films, beginning with the letter A. Yeah, to celebrate being on A cast. Okay, let's go and uh, yes. we need to do some barbecuing and drinking. Yes, it's summer. Um, yes, you really, really leaning into that, aren't you? Yeah, I know. All right. Um, so, thank you very much for listening. Have a good day. May the force be with you. Yes, the force will be with you always. Always. <laughs>